0: Hello, my name is Janie Stefanik, and I am the Director of the Office of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life for the Diocese of Savannah. Today on It's Catholic Y'all, we're going to talk about a crisis in our society that affects everyone, but no one wants to acknowledge it. The crisis is pornography, and we're going to examine the problem and then tell you what we're doing to help make your home a safe haven for you and your family. Stay tuned, you're not going to want to miss this. It's Catholic, y'all.
1: It's Catholic, y'all.
0: It's Catholic, y'all. Welcome to It's Catholic, Y'all, a podcast series from the Catholic Diocese of Savannah. The Diocese of Savannah covers 90 counties in South Georgia, whose total population is less than 3% Catholic. Stories of life, love, and faith across cultures, traditions, and geography. It's Catholic, y'all! As a busy mother, pornography wasn't something a parent, we'll call Kathy, spent a lot of time being concerned over. Certainly, pornography had always existed. But like many of us, 20 years ago, pornography didn't seem to be a problem for her, her family, or her friends. But as the 90s turned into the 2000s, the information age meant the internet and technology was becoming a bigger part of our lives.
2: About
1: 1999, I think I remember seeing a difference with um, people having computers. Everybody had a computer, I think, that I knew in their home at that point. And I was not aware of pornography being able to get in there but one of my friends called me on the phone one day, and this was somewhere between 1999 and 2001, a very good friend of mine, and she said, I have something to tell you. I, I, I saw pornography on the computer and my husband's been looking at it. Um, and she was distraught and I did not know what to say. Of course, I knew to pray for her and I told her I would keep praying for her, but at that point, that was the first story that I heard of people that I knew and I didn't
0: expect to hear it from. For Bishop Gregory Hartmeyer, the Bishop of the Diocese of Savannah, pornography first became a concern to his ministry as Father Hartmeyer, or Friar Greg, as he was affectionately known while working in Catholic schools.
2: When I was first ordained a priest, I spent uh, 16 years uh, of my priesthood um, teaching and administering in Catholic high schools. Um, two schools were single-gender male, and then one school was co-ed. And it was already becoming obvious, and this was in the 70s, end of the 70s into the 90s, that pornography has been becoming more and more available. And, and so it wasn't talked about a lot. I mean, it was something that was probably very private, Uh, But nonetheless, it was affecting
0: their life. The Internet, and more specifically, Internet-connected smartphones and tablets, have done more to change our lives than possibly any other technology. But it has also created new opportunities for the pornography industry. The same developments and innovations that allow you to listen to religious podcasts from a Catholic diocese allows pornography to market to and exploit people.
1: I've had concerns about what can come in on the cell phone or the computer um, probably ever since my friends started talking. And it wasn't just the friend that I mentioned before. There have been many instances of women who we we get to talking and they confide um, that it has come into their homes without their knowledge. And sometimes it can be as simple as um, say, between a husband and a wife, the um, something not seeming right, just um, something that was, it seemed like a little, little untruth, you know, and the wife was a little bit suspicious and she decided to go for it and ask him more questions and then found out the reality that he had a trouble, you know, he had a problem with pornography.
0: This isn't just an issue for children or marriages or single men or even single women this affects all of us. Even in my own family, we experienced an incident where we discovered an inappropriate app on our daughter's cell phone. Well, not explicitly what someone might consider hardcore pornography, suggestive or inappropriate content is what this industry thrives on to create consumers and funnel people towards more explicit content. The most alarming thing about this incident, however, is when we confronted our daughter, her response was that it wasn't a big deal. Everyone uses these apps. We're blowing things out of proportion. For me, as a Catholic mother, a licensed counselor, and someone who works for the church, for my own daughter to have such an attitude was very alarming and very sad.
2: So it was, um, it was just obvious that it was growing more and more uh, public. And, and it, was, it was something that people wanted to talk about because they felt they were losing control of their lives. And it was affecting how they saw women, how they treated women, how they saw their own wife. Um, and, and so those were questions that came to pastors in counseling and in confession and so they were looking for answers. They were looking for help. They knew that this was bigger than they than they are.
0: For Father Hartmeyer, his concern was for the people who entrusted him with their spiritual care. But as Bishop Hartmeyer, he is responsible for the priests of the diocese of Savannah. And pornography is such an insidious problem that not even they are immune. So it's
2: it's it's a concern for me as a bishop. For my priests, because uh, because they're just as vulnerable uh, as anyone else to the effects of pornography and to, the, to having access to pornography, and, and and it's affecting their spiritual life. It's affecting their their way of life as a pastor and and care for others. Um, many of the people in their parish are probably coming to them for guidance. Uh, regarding pornography and then but at the same time some some priests are struggling with it as well so it's uh it's affecting everyone there's no one exempt
1: people think their homes are immune to this or that their husband or their wife or their children will never look at it but you can't unsee it and when it's there if someone doesn't know how to talk about it it just gets worse and worse from there and it spirals and there's so many marriages. I have, I have friends whose marriages have been terribly affected by it. And um, they, they are still hoping, but they have been to the point where they have almost lost hope.
0: So what do we do? What can we do? Get rid of our computers? Go back to flip phones? Accept that this is a part of our modern lives? Give up? fortunately we're not so helpless the fact that you've stayed with us and listened thus far is proof that we're willing to fight and we will win it won't be easy but we want to share with you some of the tools we think you'll need in 2015 the united states conference of catholic bishops released a pastoral letter entitled create in me a clean heart this letter outlined as a church our understanding of the beauty of human sexuality our objections to and the dangers of pornography and encouragement to those harmed by its production and use inspired by the letter the archdiocese of new orleans working with the company covenant eyes developed the first safe haven sunday a day specifically set aside to give focused time about the dangers of pornography and empower the faithful with resources on how to combat it. As the Diocese of Savannah, we will be implementing our own Safe Haven Sunday this year on March 22, 2020. We spoke with Ryan Foley from Covenant Eyes on the importance of the entire diocese choosing one day for everyone to focus on this issue.
3: Uh, Because I might choose after Safe Haven Sunday to uh, implement some of these strategies, but I hope that other parents who my kids play with or they attend school with or they go to confirmation retreats or summer camps with, that they too are doing something, that they're hearing the same message and taking the same actions. So it, it, it is a benefit that we recognize this as a diocese together. We recognize that it's not impacting one school or one parish, that this is kind of uh, a topic that is impacting every family, every parish, every school across the country. So therefore, because it's a universal problem, it's best approached and best discussed as a a universal audacism issue. You know, we just don't like to talk about controversial things like pornography, and maybe it's something that is really... um, touches at the heart of a lot of people's issues in their families, right? Like, and that's not something we're comfortable sharing is our own internal struggles, our own uh, exposures, our own use. Um, So I think it's just a sensitive topic, and sensitive topics we don't seem to do too well talking about in the church, but it's, you know, we can't not talk about sensitive things that are affecting marriages, families, uh, evangelization and just hope that things will get better. That's really not a great game plan. We all kind of know what's happening. We just, up to this point, have, have not, I would say, had the courage
0: um, to just to, to speak about it. During this weekend, you can expect to hear your priest or deacon preach about pornography. The book, Equipped Smart Catholic Parenting in a Sexualized Culture, will be available at your parish and you have the opportunity to enter a seven-day email challenge that will deliver tips and tools to combat pornography. A big theme you'll hear is accountability. Pornography has only been able to become such a huge problem because it's something secret that no one wants to talk about. We can beat it by being public and talking with our children, our spouses, and our friends. We, we know
1: that if somebody is accountable to someone else, whether it's a husband and a wife or a child to a parent, um, we know there's better communication
0: and uh, accountability, I think, saves lives. It saves souls. Another important tool is monitoring internet traffic to see what your family is exposed to and filtering that to prevent exposure. Services like Google, YouTube, and Netflix all have tools to filter inappropriate content.
1: Um, If you can't control things in your house, you can sometimes limit things. Like for example, do you need all the technology that you have in the house? Do you need 10 computers? Probably not. Do you need all the tablets? Probably not. But you might need some of them, so okay, you gotta have some kind of filter on there. Because it's gonna come in, and if you think it hasn't, it has.
3: We were un- We were willing to provide all these tools to our kids, give every kid an iPad, give every kid an iPhone, give every kid a TV, give every kid a game console. and then yet we're overwhelmed by the fact that now we have to protect them from you know on these devices. So you know, we have to kind of take an attitude if I'm not willing to protect them, don't provide it. Um, but once you have provided it, it, it is there is a moral obligation of every parent to protect their kids to set up parental controls, to go through that effort. We just can't give kids these devices and then walk away because essentially what we're doing is we're placing them in a near occasion of sin, right, where it's certain and probable that your child will be exposed. Um, And it's not just pornography. It's certain and probable they'll be exposed to all sorts of things. The biggest takeaway is this is a serious topic. It's meant to be um, approached early on, um, so that we help kids, we prevent inadvertent early exposure, um, and that parents can just take this very seriously. And that's where I, I'm i really grateful to, to the diocese, um, like Savannah, that say, hey, this is important. We want this for our families. We want this education for them. And we're going to do you know, our best to essentially equip the parent and then not try to be the surrogate parent Um, but give parents the tools that that they can then form their children rightly in this area.
0: As a church, we have the tools to beat pornography. We'll leave you with some encouragement from Bishop Hartmeyer. And until next time, remember, it's Catholic, y'all.
2: We care as a church because it's destroying the soul. It's the soul of the person, but it's the soul of the church and society. Um, because it, it reduces the human person to a, a thing, something to be used, something to be sold, something to be degraded. Uh, and, and so our understanding of human life, our understanding of, of the dignity of a woman or the dignity of a man, has is, is been so damaged by the industry of pornography that we've got to do something to stop it. And prayer is a powerful um, uh, way of reducing uh, the effectiveness of of pornography. It's like any other uh, ill in society. If you stop supporting it, it will no longer exist because there's no more money in it because it's all money driven. And, And so if we stop supporting it, then it will hopefully die on its own or or certainly be reduced uh, significantly. So prayer, um, it it should be something we pray for as a community in our churches, in our families, uh, and in our own personal prayer life. It should be something that we ask God to give us the grace uh, to fight the battle that pornography has uh, presented itself to be in the lives of so many people. It's addressing and attracting one of our ignoble passions, and that's just our brokenness as a result of original sin. We're subjected to giving in to these kinds of vices just because of our brokenness. But we can fight it, and we have the strength to fight it in the sacraments of the church, and in the scriptures, and in the the teaching authority of the church. I mean, we have the ability to defeat this. It's a matter of people buying into it and wanting to, to be a part of that.